Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 89. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined by Mario, D-Man, D-Myth, D-Legend. Hello! Konnichiwa, friends! How is it going, y'all? Well, it is certainly going. It is the last day of 2021. Mere hours left in the year. Good riddance. But actually, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, this sure was a year. <laughs> and it hello to sure Tanivin in the chat. Year. <laughs> Thank you and... for joining us. You know, 2022 is looking like it's going to be a year two. I'm hoping it's going to be better and we'll take it as it comes, I suppose. But anyway, today is a day of celebration. We're doing something a little bit different. Uh, in the past, we have had our anime of the year video going out on January 1st. That is not going to be the case this year. People have been very, very busy with a multitude of things, so we're pushing that video back. Don't worry, it will still be happening. It'll be happening sometime in January. We're probably looking about two weeks in, so not a huge wait, but uh, that will not be coming out tomorrow. But we wanted to take the time now at the end of the year to look back and actually delve into the top 10 list as we've done in the past and uh, we want to do that now because if we wait until the video comes out, we're going to already be knee-deep in the winter season. So it felt most timely to take this time, especially since it is New Year's Eve, to actually discuss the list. So consider this your spoiler warning because this is the full Monty. We are going to be discussing everything on the list, 10 to 1. We're going to be talking honorable mentions, and we're going to be going in detail. So definitely do check out the actual video when it's released. If you want to keep it a secret until then, you should tune out. This is the only time I'm going to tell you to tune out from the show, folks. But otherwise, we do hope you'll listen in because this is actually where you're going to get the the deeper thoughts. That we do sort of a surface-level pitch, I suppose you could call it, for the video. But we're going to be talking about really why and how we landed on what we landed on. Because our Anime of the Year selection is... It's basically a panel discussion, and this year it was mostly Mario and I. We had some input from Franji and Emmy, as always, but uh, the two of them have been very busy this year, uh, haven't been able to watch too much, so we took a, a bit of input. But otherwise, it was Mario and I sort of hashing it out together. We didn't have a point system or anything. It was just a sort of, you know, debating, I suppose. And uh, a la the college football committee, which doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason to it, nor do we, we selected genuinely what we think were the best and ranked them accordingly. Um, but, you know, the list that we put out is not my personal top 10 list, nor is it Mario's, nor is it Emmy's, nor is it Frangie's. It is an amalgamation. It is a combination. And we still think it is a very good list, and we're very excited to share it with you. Uh, anything you want to discuss before we get into our preamble stuff, Mario? Um, I mean, so the, the TLDR, uh, for, for those of you who are familiar with how, uh, certainly our game of the year lists are compiled, it's, it's a very similar process just with a different part of D team contributing to the discussion. Um, cause obviously we all love anime over here at digital era entertainment, but you know, <clears throat> everyone has their, their kind of focuses. So this is definitely the focus of this crew who comes together to put together this particular list. And uh, Joel Joel definitely said it best in terms of where a lot of these are going to land for us personally. 
And uh, <laughs> I will say, though, our our number one pick, this was one of the rare cases where it was kind of a unanimous decision. And it's it's always nice when that happens. It was a bit of a spoiler there. I was going to let it be sort of a thing. But yeah, uh, we'll get to number one when we get yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, uh, just, just an obligatory thing for those of you who, you know, may be listening in, you know, spoilers be damned. Um Obviously, if you do want to continue to support the the actual video, even after you've had the whole list spoiled, definitely feel free to click on by even just leaving it on in the background still helps us out. So just a just a little hack for those of you who want to continue to support us, even after you have the information in front of you. Uh, so, and, yeah, let's, uh, uh, oh, one other thing, while this is spoilers for our own future video, there will not be spoilers for the various series that we will tastefully dance around the things. Uh, if there are spoilers, it, it would be limited to the usual, you know, first episode or two types of spoilers. Uh, we're not going to be talking end games or anything, so you don't need to worry about things being spoiled in that regard. And if we somehow mess that up, thank God we can edit this in post. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, I think now is the time to to jump right into, uh, you know, the 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 intro. I guess you could say. So uh, take yeah. it away, Joel. So we operate on a pretty simple criteria, and the criteria has largely remained unchanged in the past. But as a reminder, it has to be a first season, so no continuations. Uh, One Piece isn't going to be eligible. Moriarty the Patriot isn't going to be eligible. The premiere of the series must have been released in the calendar year and be available on a legal platform in North America. There are a couple of shows that were not available in the U.S., and uh, just we're not going to judge them because we haven't seen them and we didn't have a chance to see them legally. Uh, the number of titles that are impacted by that stipulation is exceedingly low, and it's frankly unlikely that they would have made the list anyways because usually shows like that are the ones that are a little bit lower quality, frankly, and that's why they're not picked up by licensors. So the big thing is it has to be this year. It has to be the first season. Because of that, that means that sometimes these stories will not be over. So we judge them based on what we have to work with. But at the same time, uh, some things we're able to get two cores this year, and that sometimes works to their advantage. Sometimes it doesn't because, you know, sometimes they drop the ball. Uh, we are only judging series, no movies, pretty simple. And the stipulation that we had to add last year that we are continuing with this year is that shows with team members in either top build or or major production roles are automatically disqualified for a conflict of interest. There was a single title that was disqualified this year, and that is Shadow's House, by virtue of Emmy being Kate. Uh, Emmy and Frangi both had a handful of roles in other titles. We deemed that those other titles were not significant enough roles to merit disqualification. Uh, Emmy is a assistant ADR director on one of the titles on the list, we felt that since she wasn't the director, that she was assistant directing, that that is not primary enough to be disqualified. And uh, yeah, that's basically where we landed. Shadow's House, great show. It it would have made minimum, bare minimum, the honorable mentions. It probably would have made the proper top 10 had it not been disqualified. We didn't give it much thought because we knew straight away we couldn't. So, Most definitely. Uh, uh, just just don't a quick know aside, one of the... Up, uh, one, one of the moments uh, to to really go up to bat for Shadow's House um, that that really made it sink in that this show definitely had an impact. 
very, very specific personal anecdote, but uh, one of Lara's friends actually cosplayed as Kate <laughs> at uh, Anime NYC. And it was kind of a big deal for for this friend. It's just like, oh, man, you know, I, I love this show. I love this character. And, you know, Laura and I were just like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so so knowing that, you know, there, there were people with that kind of enthusiasm for this, uh, that that was one of those moments that would have signaled to me, OK, you know, if we were allowed to put it into our proper list, it's definitely going to bare minimum be honorable mention probably would have even been a top ranker because i i've also heard other murmurings about the the quality of the show so that's uh yeah it's it's a real shame but rules are rules anyway <laughs> please continue uh the other thing is that we have a special award from emmy going to visual prison and that is just because visual prison is basically written for emmy it is yeah. <laughs> her type of show and just when we had the discussions uh she didn't have too much input but she was like visual prison and we were like we know visual prison's not the anime of the year or close but we know that it's it is her anime of the year and it's like if if, you know, if, if there was a target audience for this show that it just slap up emmy's picture <laughs> that's that's yeah. the target audience <laughs> so we're gonna give the visual prison a shout out uh they do not get Dikai certification as top 10 or honorable mention but we'll shout him out anyways because we love emmy and anytime that she is that gung-ho about a show it has to be something that speaks to her and even if it's not you know fine art it is the finest of trashiness and she is very much enjoying it so check out visual prison visual prison if visual k is up your alley that in you know sort of idolish pretty boy vampires indeed but with that, I figure let's go on and dive into the honorable mentions. We usually have those right before number one in our video, but for purposes of the podcast, it seemed more logical to just start with the honorable mentions. These are in no particular order. We always go with six. That is purely a production decision because they each get 10 seconds of screen time, making a clean minute. Uh, that's really the only reason that it's six and not something a bit more traditional like five. As the the traditional long slaving editor on the past five years of our end of year videos, with last year being the first exception and this year being the the second and most notable one, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that's exactly why. <laughs> gotta gotta save as much effort as possible because my God, these things can these things can take a while, uh, <laughs> depending on how you approach them. So yeah, it, it's just one of those things that. Hopefully, if you are uh, paying attention to our videos annually, you'll notice these these little nuances and there's a reason for it. So hooray behind these scenes with Digital Era Entertainment. <laughs> yeah. So, Mario, why don't you start us off with the honorable mentions? The first one on the list is actually one that you pushed for pretty hard. Uh, yeah. Um, so the, the first on our honorable mentions is So I'm a Spider, So What? Uh, I'll be honest, I, I dropped off after the first half of the season, uh, but it it had such a strong initial impact and my understanding from you know all the feedback from everyone who did continue on while it did dip towards the end which is why it didn't make the proper top 10 but still deserved a shout out this show really had no business being as good as it was it was one of those that really could have gone either way especially as uh you know a, a very heavily touted uh production of its type 
Uh, and and for arachnophobes everywhere, everywhere, uh, this this should be nightmare fuel. But no, Spider was absolutely adorable. <laughs> she was she was a good girl. So <laughs> this one definitely needed uh, some sort of spotlight for you know, defying expectations. That's really what it came down to, and it it had a lot of good storytelling. So. Uh, that is Soma Spider So Wet. Uh, I believe you are more familiar with this next one, Joel, so I'm going to popcorn it over to you. Yes, uh, this one is Case Study of Vanitas, and uh, there's actually, I'd say there's three titles on our honorable mentions list that I expect to see much higher up in a lot of other people's rankings for the year, and oh, this yeah. is one of them. Uh, it's a Studio Bones product. It's something from Shonen Jump. It's one that I know Frangi fell in love with Uh Got her in a little bit late, but, uh, you know, better late than never, and she very much enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as well. Uh, chalk this one up to not making the top ten proper, mostly because, just for our personal taste, shonens usually don't stand out as much. Um, call us a little bit artsy, a little bit perhaps highbrow in our taste. I think part of that maybe just comes from the fact that we have seen so many shows over the years that... Shonens usually don't stand out to us as much that, you know, Fire Force last year made the list, but it was number nine, I think. And uh, I, I was just about to bring up Fire Force because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, it's a friggin' miracle. Fire Force made it on the list. That was only because we were taking into account, you know, multiple criteria because it was personal criteria all the way. Oh, no, I would have yeeted that thing into the sun. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but so it's a, a solid production all around uh if once again another type of vampire is not the same type of vampires as visual prison but uh if you know borderline yaoi vampires appeals to you this is going to be one for you for sure it's fun it looks good like i said studio bones production uh really not a lot to complain about it just didn't hit the home run for us that would be needed to actually make the ranked list Cool. Uh, so that brings us to our next honorable mention. And this one, uh, this is another reason why we really value uh, Emmy's opinion. And I know I certainly do, uh, because over the years, she's handed me a lot of gems that I would have otherwise overlooked uh, had it not been for her recommendation. And because more often than not, there's stuff that either really lands well with me or just becomes, uh, you know, for, forever, forever entrenched in my anime memories. Uh, I, I very seriously uh, gave this one a chance, and I'm glad I did. It's Life Lessons with Uramichi Onisan. Uh, this one, I, I, I likened it to a less depressing Bojack, <laughs> in terms of, Bo or rather, Bojack Horseman, because a lot of it is that kind of, you know, really really dark humor that's you know, very... It is a strong cup of tea, to be sure. Yeah, yeah, so like... it. It, it deals with, uh, you know, 30s existential crises. <laughs> and it just, it, it's one of those that digs deep. It's, it also hits the same place as a Gretzko, but I would argue far, far more depressingly. <laughs> it is, yeah, that's a very good parallel, a Gretzko, but just much more relentless. You yeah. know, you, you know that the, the meme of the monkey puppet looking nervously? yes. That's yes. what you feel when you watch this, when you are of our age, which is to say late 20s, 30s area. 
and you see these things and you hear the things that uh Urumichi says and just uh it's like oh this, this, this is too relatable <laughs> uh, uh but that being said uh again because it doesn't go to the same dark places that bojack horseman goes to and believe me like i think it was the end of season two uh one of the last scenes and one of the last episodes that oh god even just thinking about it the the planetarium scene if you all have seen bojack you know what i'm talking about and sorry for conjuring up that memory it never goes to that place thank god um so i highly recommend it especially if you're okay with you know a more relatable admittedly you know uncomfortable humor but the humor is really good like it lands um so that that is life lessons with udamichi onisan this next one this was a very interesting one that came up quite a bit uh so tell us a bit about this one joel yeah, this is number two of the three on this list that I expect to see higher in a lot of other rankings. And this is one that I pushed for and that, as I mentioned, we do it panel style and that there are some concessions. And this was one of my concessions. It's Sunny Boy. This is one of these just surrealist animes I have seen ever. We're talking Satoshi Kon levels. That uh, It is one that... Over the course of the year, I have brought up this title and I have invoked Satoshi Kon's name and said, I do not do so lightly. It is weird. It is creative. It is out there. But dang, is it good. Um, like In my personal rankings, I would put this somewhere like 6, 7. It was really good for me, but uh, didn't quite hit for everyone. Uh, very much like Life Lessons with Urumichi Onesan. It is, or Onisan. Onesan is very different. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, I mean, they, they have an Onesan. But... <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, it is another very strong cup of tea, and that's part of why I was willing to concede on this one, because if you don't like that type of weird, somewhat difficult-to-follow show, you won't like this. But if you like things a la, you know, Clockwork Orange and just the weird surrealist stuff, this is the type of anime we do not get every year, period. So, Sunny Boy definitely making that list makes it a bit higher for me, but uh, honorable mentions it goes. And this next one, Mario, this is the one that I expect actually to see the highest of all of our honorable mentions in a lot of other top rankings for the year because it's one that for me was in my top five and just as we kept going, like I said, with some concessions and also me sort of, shuffling around my own opinions partially because once again it is technically a shonen and you know we, we don't look to rag on shonens don't get me wrong no we forget we forget love our shonens yeah. <laughs> like, do not like, get us wrong <laughs> and this is a good show but it just it for whatever reason i guess it stood out for sure in all the right ways but that all the other things that we put above it we felt did something a bit more unique, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave you to, to kind of give uh, some of the broad strokes, but we're talking about Tokyo Revengers. Um, my quick personal thought, because this was one of the ones that admittedly I didn't really get to spend any time with, uh, but uh, going by proxy, uh, I know Lara watched it start to finish. She thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it's probably going to appear on a lot of other top 10 lists. Uh, this is one that even I was a little bit surprised we had to bump to the honorables because it had a lot going for it. It's had a very good overall reception in the anime fandom. And like you said, Joel, it did a lot of things right. But again, there was 
there was that je ne sais quoi that kept it just out of reach once we were shuffling everything in. So uh, and any other notes on Tokyo Revengers? Uh, uh, it to, has to a highlight? season two coming up. Uh, and obviously, the mere fact that anything makes an honorable mention means that we give it our wholehearted recommendation that we are at the point of nitpicking anything when we're getting it to anything that isn't, you know, top five stuff. That these are all extremely good shows, highly recommended. Do watch them. And like we said, for this one in particular, uh, if you go by Mal rankings and other metrics that are a bit more conventional, I suppose, this is one that I expect to see on a lot of anime of the year lists. Um, yeah, like if we were doing a top yeah. 20, this would have easily rounded out, you know, up to 16. <laughs> like No well, question I, I, asked. I probably would have pushed to see it at 11, frankly. Yeah. So you you get what I'm saying yeah. though. It's just like this is this is like everything we're talking about in the honorable mentions. This would round out like at, at number eleven through sixteen, no questions asked. That's that's how much we love our honorable mentions. But uh, yeah, please continue. And then the last one in our honorable mentions is Kageki Shoujo, uh, another one that is a little bit off beat, but one that I felt and I know uh, Franji actually had a bit part here, so she was familiar with it, and Emmy. Uh, really liked it as well, honestly. I remember Emmy saying that she didn't want to watch too much of this show because she knew she would want to be in it. And that's an unfortunate reality for her in some of the way that she consumes anime, that sometimes she sees shows that are like, I know I want, or I know I would like this, but I know I would get too attached to it and want to be in it. And it, it creates an awkward style of consumption for her but uh suffice to say that it caught her eye as well and uh this is another show that i very much ranted and raved about multiple times throughout the year uh it is about girls at a uh takarazuka academy am i I saying that right i always forget if it's takarazuka or okay uh and it covers some really real topics Without going into spoiler territory, as we said, this is a show that comes with content warnings, but it's the type of thing that it approaches all of these content warnings incredibly thoughtfully. Yeah, Uh, To to actually uh, round this out a little bit, because for obvious reasons, I was pretty tight-lipped about this myself, uh, I actually had a weirdly reverse situation to Emmys. Because uh, I also actually auditioned for some roles in Kageki Shoujo. That's how I even like had a grasp on where this show landed and why I was like, oh, no questions asked. This is at least going to be an honorable mention. Um, so I've been wanting to check it out, but it, it just fell enough outside of my weekly uh, routine that it was just next to impossible. So it's one of those that I'm, I'll probably go back and watch someday because I'd love to see how the whole thing actually plays out just based off of the copy I was able to read for the characters that I was auditioning for. So just wanted to throw that out there. So there's there's a reason why, like, even though it didn't break top 10, it was still, like, heavily pushed. <laughs> and weirdly, this could have been one where had things gone slightly differently, uh, we would have been able to say, yeah, like, at least three quarters of our, of our uh, committee was somehow involved in this show had things gone differently. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to wrap up our honorable mentions. Uh, Expect this to be a episode that goes over our usual hour limit. You know, it is the top 10 of the year episode. So we're going to be going a little bit over here for sure. But now on to the top 10 proper. 
Mario, yeah, do you want to take the first one or should I? You probably Actually, should, I'll take the first one because number nine is yours. Number oh, nine is yours. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Number ten is something with a number, but it's not number ten. It is Skate the Infinity. This is one that got its ranking mostly due to Franji and her push that, like we said, we all give and take various things as we go through the committee process. And this was one that... Uh, for Franji, if you've listened to the show in any regard, that you know she was head over heels for, that uh, it hit all the beats for her, and that basically we're talking a fun, colorful skateboarding sports anime, and that it's definitely a rarity that I don't know of any other skateboarding sports anime off the top of my head, and the fact that it was so fun, so different, and was able to really have this style of its own uh, was able to really elevate it for Franji and for I know a lot of others as well. So we gave Skate the Infinity number ten. Yeah, and can can confirm with you know other folks I know uh, who did get super into it. At, if not at its initial release, certainly towards the end when they were catching up. Uh, so ha- having you know taken that sampling from fan response, I, I can definitely agree that this was, you know, a very deserving choice to make it onto the actual top 10. Number nine was one that I was surprised, Mario, that you pushed it as hard as you did, because this is one that I had in my honorable mention slots, maybe even like close to being cut entirely. It's a show that I definitely enjoyed, but I didn't realize until we started talking about the list just how much you enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, for those of you who have been listening in, this will come as no surprise that number nine is the world's finest assassin gets reincarnated in another world as an aristocrat. Sorry to Nathan in the chat, we're going to be mentioning Isekai. (laughs) You're going to be pre-gaming New Year's tonight, my friend. So sorry. (laughs) But uh, I've said over and over, uh, as the show uh, has been releasing week to week, that there was a certain level of expectation that I had from the moment I laid eyes on the trailer, the moment I read the copy for the, the, the uh, promotional presentation of this show. And it, it delivered, um, it delivered real hard all the way up to the ending. This is an isekai for people who are just done with isekai. <laughs> like if you want to see uh, all the tropes put, put into fresh engaging new uh concepts watch this show it's also really good and oh my god uh the mantra that i have come to repeat multiple times every season for the past year and a half silver link knows how to pick them they really do i will say this uh i i was briefly briefly considering flipping this one with another one we're going to be talking about uh higher in the list but i'm going to be completely honest as much as i loved this show top to bottom and definitely feel it is a must watch i feel like the ending could have been better it it was it it has it's amazing definitely setting moments. up for a season two and i hope that we'll get it because silverlink has been pretty good about season twos we also know that uh uh villainess is going to get a season three so fingers crossed that we get an announcement sometime in the next couple months. That seems to be their usual pacing of a second season for World's Finest Assassin gets reincarnated in another world as an aristocrat. And with the mention of it being an isekai, it's something that I didn't realize until just now, but this is actually 
minor spoiler alert, the only isekai in our top 10. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> like, I took a minute, I'm like, wait, is it? Oh my god, it, well, if for the top 10, yes, because, uh, you the know, Spider... 10. Spider Spider's is definitely an isekai, an isekai. But in, but but in the top, the top 10. 10. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh man, and I, I will say, just one other quick addendum before we move on to number 8. Um... One of the things I was kind of on the fence about was uh, certain elements of the the presentation for uh, the the opening and endings. Even though I would tend to skip the opening, I admit the the opening theme is kind of a banger, and I really like the presentation of that uh, opening credit sequence. It's very slick. So not my favorite opening of all time by any stretch of the imagination. Damn, it's a banger though. Anyway, please go on good. with number eight. Yes, number eight is another one that has a number, and this time it's a number that is relevant to its ranking. Number eight is 86. This is one that I got into late. I actually didn't watch this one. I saw the premiere the week that it started, and I put this one on the back burner because I had a lot of other stuff. But at the end of the first core, because it had two, there was the first core, then off for a season, and then season two. And... It was a couple weeks before season two came out that I finally decided, all right, I'm actually going to watch this. And it was the type of thing that I watched the first two, three episodes. And I sort of had a moment that's only happened to me a couple times before where I look at the clock and I look at my schedule and I say, yeah, I don't have anything today. And then I just binge the whole thing. And that was just all of season one in a day that it got me and it got me good um it's one that i actually felt did not get a ton of hype at least from what i saw uh it is an a1 pictures production so you know it has some pedigree there it's it's not code geass there's your code geass reference by the way um Ding. but it and it's not attack on titan but it takes elements from both and the actual composer from attack on titan and gives you this just war-torn literal theater, you know, theater of war, theater of the mind, all that jazz, and gives you a bunch of compelling characters and a scenario that just, there's twists, there's a lot of emotions, and it's one of those shows that doesn't do anything entirely new, but it does all of its tropes really, really well. Um it actually has sort of an asterisk beside it because something interesting that got announced is that the last two episodes of the show have not aired yet and will not air until March. There have been production issues that have happened. I believe we mentioned this last week, actually, on the show, that they had not one but two weeks this season where they did recap shows, which is a common news tactic when the studio is behind. It makes sure that they have something to broadcast, but... A1, for whatever reason, uh, it's not known if it was A1 themselves or one of the other studios that they subcontracted some of the shots to, were behind for the better part of the season and ultimately were not able to catch up. So the reason, from my understanding, that it is delayed all the way until March is that uh, that is when the time slot is open because as they get into the next proper broadcast season, there's another show that's going to be in that time slot. So it needs to wait until those couple of weeks between seasons when they usually do reruns and other things in those time slots that aren't going to be normally taken up by the new episode of the week for whatever is broadcasting at that time. 
So 86 will be concluded in 2022, but it had its start in its middle and almost its end in 21, and it was so strong that we felt that given how it had gone, it would have to bungle things on the scale of Promise Neverland Season 2. Spoiler alert, Promise Neverland Season 2, well, wouldn't be eligible anyways, but it wouldn't be on this list. Nope. <laughs> Not even a little. This actually makes me go back and think, we did put it on our top 10 list that year, though, didn't we? Uh, we put Season 1 Yeah, on we put Season 1 when on. It, when it made it to it, our, uh, I believe it was our inaugural list. Um, I think so, yeah. But yeah, Season 1 was great. And Season 1 was great. But, oh, oh. Anyway, before we got ourselves very sad, uh, why don't you tell us about our next one, which is another another very interesting one that uh, definitely has a lot going on behind it. Yeah, this is one, uh, once again, if you listen to the show with any regularity, you will have heard me talking about recently because it broadcast this season. It's Ranking of Kings at rank number seven. Uh, this is... One of the shows that, as I've said before, during our preview episode of the podcast, I looked at the key art and I looked at the write-up and I said, I don't think this show is for me. Boy, howdy was I wrong. That uh, it only took like two weeks into the season for enough people and outlets whose opinions I respect to say, this thing's really good for me to say, all right, I'm going to check it out. And then two episodes in, it was like, yep, this thing's really good. Uh, it is a thoughtful look at overcoming disability, but also just, you know, invoking a name that might feel like a stretch here. It's Ghibli-esque in terms of its colorfulness, its approachability, its thoughtfulness, and just the heart that this thing exudes. Uh, it is not done. It has its second core coming up, but it has been chugging along and not missing a beat, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes. I had no problem putting Ranking of Kings at number seven. Mario? I mean, I've got nothing to add. Yeah. <laughs> Remy, you can cut out that silence and also this part where I'm basically saying I've got nothing to add. Yeah. Uh, Emmy is the assistant ADR director on this title as well. Once again, we felt that that is supporting enough role that we are not going to disqualify it. Uh, but she has some involvement in that regard. But she also was messaging saying ranking of kings should be on this list. Even, you know, she has technical bias, but she was like, you know, legitimately, this yeah. is a good show. Check I, it I was going to say, like, thank God <laughs> that she didn't book anything bigger in that because it's like, Oh, we got to cut this one, too. Are you serious? <laughs> so uh, weirdly, we kind of got lucky on that one. <laughs> I think number six should be yours, Mario. Oh, boy, howdy. Because uh, for, for where it ranks in, in our list uh, and where it's going to be in terms of the video, I'm not going to get enough time <laughs> to talk about this one, if I'm being completely honest. So it is kind of nice to be able to to kind of you know, take that extra deep dive into uh, the, the ranking list. So number six, and I'm sorry that I basically telegraphed this slightly differently, uh, basically throughout the back end of this year. Number six is Remake Our Life. Uh, this show, I had been saying all year, this is like top five, top five, top five. I had to make some concessions. That is literally the only reason it is number six. Um, my God, this show, uh, where to even begin? So I've said numerous times 
that this show definitely appeals to a very particular audience in terms of its, its age group. If you were going to college and into anime in the mid 2000s, Oh my God, <laughs> this show, it, like you are, you are the, the target demographic. It is going straight for your particular nostalgia for that particular time. When I look at it as a content creator, someone who basically studied, you know, film uh, for a little while, uh, as someone who is embarking on the journey of making a visual novel. Oh my God. <laughs> this One show thing that I just realized that um, this show, I'm not going to say that it takes cues from another show, but in terms of your style, Mario, and the things that you enjoy and what you put weight on for a show to just appeal to you and rank highly, this show is the closest thing on the list this year that it would be a parallel to keep your hands off Azekin. If, okay, you're mostly there, and this is part of why I really love the show. If you took uh, Keep Your Hands Off Azoken, mashed it up with Erased, which I will still say to this day should have been the anime of the year for 2016 because start to finish, that thing was freaking perfect. Nailed the landing and everything. Like, there was nothing I could argue against that show. That was the experience I got from Remake Our Life. while. It, it leaves you on a fairly open end because this is, of course, a light novel series. The way it resolves itself. If you had told the, me this wasn't a light novel series, I would believe you. And that it so, ended where it ended. I would believe that. you because it felt that good. Yeah. I, it's one of those that if they never give us another season, I wouldn't be mad because the, the way that the ending leaves things you could really just fill in the gaps with your imagination. It leaves open so much possibility that is actually satisfying. And they do explore, you know, different takes on the events of the stories and the light novels, because, you know, again, I just, uh, I name checked erased. So that should tell you a lot about how, you know, the timey-wimey nonsense tends to flow in Remake Our Life. Um, and I want to make this very clear because the show introduces itself not just in terms of its first episode but in terms of its opening credits uh as as deceptively fan servicey it is yeah. not that kind of a show at all i know why they did it after watching that show start to finish they needed to have a hook because unless you're interested in you know like game development or mid 2000s nostalgia which sidebar they don't really telegraph that much aside from you know the the basic uh, plot synopsis and most people aren't going to read that they're just going to look at the cover and be like oh this looks generic okay uh no <laughs> this, this show it, it it really does not go into that territory aside from one moment that is used to draw an analogy to one of the visual novels that the main character has played in his original timeline and the the other part is a kind of a flex it's like we don't need a beach episode because we have our beach episode in our opening flex 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 uh and i will say this over and over again and joel i think you finally understand having caught up with it now the finale of episode five. Ooh boy i called that literally moments before the opening notes of the song that is performed there and i lost my mind because i'm like that was the moment where it clicked for me where i said this show 
this show is doing something special. It did its homework and it did it so well. I wasn't even prepared for this. So this offhanded joke turned into reality. It was like with uh, the finale of um, World's Finest Assassin, how I was dancing around how last week, oh yeah, there was that moment in the finale where I was making an allusion to something else as a joke. And then it happened. It was just like that. But and right in the that nostalgia. moment. <laughs> oh, so good. That there was that, but then also... Once again, avoiding spoilers, this series takes a left turn, and that was what got me, because the the reason that I initially didn't watch it was because it was too relatable to me as someone who has worked in the gaming industry and has seen things go sideways on certain things and just had those struggles. I was like, I, I don't need to see myself... And, you know, then see a person who was allowed to go back and basically have a cheat manual to redo their life. Title drop, take a shot. Um, and I was like, I that I worried that it would make me feel kind of bitter of just, OK, yes, everyone would be able to, you know, do better if they could go back and try things again with full knowledge, you know, 2020 hindsight. And then, and, and, and then, and, nope. and it frustrated me, nope. and, and that's why I was not really keen on the series. And then, and, might I add, nope. <laughs> like you, you, you expect it to go there, but then they throw some curveballs, and it is, yeah, mwah, it is, it is delicious. Like how how good of a twist this whole story takes, uh, despite yeah. your expectation, and in in such a way that you don't actually feel hoodwinked. Or disappointed because even though there is a lot of escape, no, like I said, I was relieved when I saw it because yeah, told me all right, they're actually they're thinking about things. Yes, the writing team isn't just you know this isn't pseudo isekai power fantasy, but with time travel, it's all right. If this were to happen, how would someone react? But then, what are the consequences? Mm Hmm. Uh, and that that's, again, why I keep name checking Erased, because Erased did something very similar with its narrative. And that was the moment for me that I was just like, this is this is anime of the year if they don't screw up this ending. So, yeah, uh, that is uh, that, that that is my TED talk <laughs> on Remake Our Life. I could keep going, but we still have to keep going with this list because now we're finally approaching the top five. So take this yes. one away, Joel. Uh, this, I would say, our number five. I would expect to be number one, two, or three on most other lists. It is a series that, you know, personalities in our community have made entire videos on the first episode of this show. I think it was Giguk or Joey the Anime Man, one of the two of them, did a full-on video just analyzing this first episode it is to your eternity and if you've heard that this show is out to hurt you you've heard right but it's out to do more than that it's it does a lot and i'll i'll be blunt i haven't finished this one yet because we talked about some strong cups of tea earlier this is the strongest cup of tea you will find because what it does is just distills human emotion and serves it to you 
raw on a platter. And those emotions can be negative, they can be positive, and they will switch rapidly without any warning. Bring tissues and, you know, go into every episode prepared for anything. I haven't finished it because I'm not always in the headspace where I want to see something that is as serious. I'm. This isn't a grimdark series, though. Don't get me wrong. It's not grimdark. But it is... It is unforgiving. And it is very realistic in terms of not everything goes right. Not every life has a happy ending. And not all stories go the way they should. And yet time moves on, and yet people move on. And I feel like that's the core of this series, and it is a, a thoughtful one, it is an intense one. Uh, like I said, I expect this to be in top three for a lot of other people, uh, and it's still top five for us, so very high up there. But uh, just combination of factors and other ones that we wanted to spotlight and that we felt got a bit higher for us personally but to your eternity is number five and a strong one at that. Uh, so yeah, you should probably also take number four because I think I'm going to get back on the soapbox for, uh, for number three and, and probably also number one as well. Uh, like especially well, well, we're all going to, we're all going to get on it for number <laughs> one. Don't worry. It's number one for a reason. Uh, number four is a show that I have championed. I don't want to say on and off, but it's one that I championed early and then I sort of got quiet about it because it just was so damn consistent just throughout that there wasn't anything to say on a weekly basis anymore. And that I came back to at the end and said, yeah, it checked all the boxes. It stuck the landing. Uh, number four is the Aquatope on White Sand. This is This is the spiritual successor. There were three shows that... PA Works did that was known as their working series, which was young women in, I don't want to say unconventional lines of work, but uncommon lines of work, that there was Shirobako showing the anime industry. There was um, uh, Sakura Quest, which showed the tourism industry in small Japanese towns. And they had, I, I'm blanking actually what the third show was, but they had those three shows that was known as their working series, and then they went a couple years, and now they have Aquatope on White Sand, which is showing the operation of aquariums. And it very much feels in the same vein, and it feels like they took a lot of learnings from their other series, implemented them here. It's 24 episodes. The two cores are very distinct in their differences, that... There is a paradigm shift at the end of the first arc, and it works to the series' advantage because the two arcs are very different, but sometimes you go in and you say the first arc was better and the second arc was still good, but it doesn't hit the heights of the first, or sometimes you go in and say, wow, arc two took it to the next level from arc one. This was just consistency. The two arcs are different, but they each do their respective things well, they tell the story of the characters beautifully. By the end of episode 24, you have a fully fleshed out main and supporting cast, storylines for all of them that get wrapped up in a nice bow. This is an original story. It's not an adaptation. It is very clear that this story is over. The characters' stories are not over. They have 
much more of their lives live. Spoiler alert, this is not a tragedy. Nobody dies. That is never a, a point or anything. So yeah, not an actual spoiler, but it, it ends in a very satisfying manner that all of the major points at hand are resolved, but that you know these characters can go on to do so much more, but you don't need to see it because in 24 episodes, the Aquatope on White Sand delivers on amazing stories for amazing characters. The production values are all there. And if marine biology has ever been of interest to you, watch this show. Even if it hasn't been of interest to you, watch this show. It's just good. So fun fact about uh, our number three entry. I just realized it now. <clears throat> for the three years that we've been doing the anime of the year lists, Netflix has been slowly slipping down from the first spot because year yeah. one, Carol and Tuesday. Mm -hmm. I was two, a... <laughs> number two was uh, The Great Pretender. And number three is our, uh, our number three ranked uh, anime of the year candidate, Comey Can't Communicate. As oh a slight aside, <laughs> before you get into your next TED Talk, Mario, I do want to have the aside that uh, in all of these cases... Netflix has been the licensor, not the production studio. Uh, Comey Can't Communicate was done by OLM. Great Pretender was done by Studio Wit. Uh, Carolyn Tuesday, I forget what the name of the studio was. But uh, in all cases, this is Netflix as the licensor. But even though they don't have the creative control over these shows, it is definitely worth noting the fact that for the relatively small number of exclusive licenses that Netflix gets every year, that the fact that they have a representative in the top three of all three of our ranking lists, even if you say it's, you know, quote unquote, slipping, going from one to two to three, they still have a representative in the top three for three years in a row, which in and of itself is just impressive. Which was basically going to be the next point I was going to make. <laughs> Because, again, like, the consistency is very, very good <laughs> for for Netflix original animes uh, over, over on our list. Um, for me personally, this would have been, by a country mile, my personal number two. This freaking show, I have said it week in and week out, it, it was one that I, I understood the hype. I didn't know if it would deliver on it. It superseded all expectations, and week to week, the worst it's been is pretty good. <laughs> that is that is not a, a simple feat to achieve, especially when you consider that it, it's basically slice of life sketch comedy. That is basically what Comey Can't Communicate boils down to, considering that it was based off of, you know, four, four coma style uh, manga. Just this week, Numerous times in the episode, I found myself choked up. I'm actually getting a little choked up just reflecting on this week's episode where for all intents and purposes, you know, it's it's your typical school festival episode. But there are some really adorable moments like this show is so cute and the characters are just very, very well presented, even though, as I mentioned last week with an F-bomb, everybody is a weirdo in this school outside of you know, the, 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 the main, I guess you could say duo, uh, that is, uh, you know, the, the Komi and, uh, Tadano, like outside of them, everybody else is pretty out there. <laughs> and 
this the, the everything from the animation to the score to the opening to the ending granted i usually skip the opening but i do like it and it's, i only skip it frankly just so i can get right into the episode because it's gotten to that point where i am at that fever pitch of i need to see this right away as soon as i have the opportunity to and that's just a wonderful feeling to get from a show regardless of what the content is it doesn't rely on you know the the suspenseful uh you know 24 or code geass-esque cliffhangers that uh shows like assassin would trade off of no it's just you want to see what happens next you want to see comey's progression even though it is going at a glacial pace that is by design and thank God we're getting another season of this because, oh my God. Yeah, I, I, yes, I'm going to quote something from uh, Neo Ivan in our note passing chat. Give me Comey or give me death. <laughs> I think it's safe to say anyone who watches this show will probably be, uh, whether jokingly or uncomfortably seriously, willing to die for Comey. She is best girl. If we had a best girl category, Sorry, Siesta, you're you're dunzies. <laughs> like it is nope. Comey, yeah. <laughs> Comey or die. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh um uh, the detective is already dead is not number one or two. Uh, spoiler, the detective is already dead, didn't even make the list, if you probably already noticed, because yeah. holy hell, that that's another thing for another time. But to, to kind of put a pin in this before we move on to number two, um, I, I just name-checked Neo Ivan, uh, who is engineering this broadcast, uh, and who's going to be taking over as soon as we're done uh, in just a couple of minutes for our final Among Us Happy Hour of 2021. That was basically his his baby since New Year's D of this year. Uh, so here we are at, at the verge of that. But I wanted to bring him up because it's rare that, uh, you know, Neo Ivan gets super passionate about a, a fresh new anime to the point that he is actually beating not just myself, but also Joel <laughs> to to the anime thread in our Discord, which we yeah. highly encourage you to join if you are watching live. We'll throw a link in the chat. He is like, if you remember the old days of someone posting first, in any sort of thread, annoyingly so. Imagine a a cheerful and welcome version of that screaming about Comey every single week since this show started dropping. Like that is the power of this show. And Neil I Ivan, Neil Ivan is not on the panel for anime of the year. We took his passion and just total, you know, love of this show into vague consideration that he didn't have a vote on this he didn't i don't think he even knew that we considered it until just this moment when i am saying it aloud but uh or, or more accurately when he saw the script and we had to submit it for uh for finding yeah. the footage since he is yeah, but he, but he didn't know that <laughs> part of why we put it at three was in consideration of him and the fact that it got somebody who doesn't watch a ton of anime to just you know be all in hook line and sinker yeah, so this this is why I talk about when I talk about you know the the impact beyond uh, our own personal tastes, and that is a great sampling from within our own team that I I wanted to name check since a lot of you who are either here live listening with us or who probably tune in uh, once these get posted, you know, hearing these names or seeing these uh, personalities, just to give you that personal connection to understand what what I mean by the the cultural impact. So. That is our number three. Comey can't communicate. It's number two in my heart. Uh, well, here's we the still thing, have Mario. number two for the list. <laughs> and here's the thing, Mario. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. 
I didn't have time. <laughs> Straight up. That I did not have time. We, we had an agreement. I would watch Remake Our Life so that I could understand why Mario loved it so much. And I held up my end of the bargain. I watched Remake Our Life. And in the end, I agreed. Yes, it's much better than I, even I expected it to be. And it did things I didn't expect it to. Mario promised that he would watch number two because I am that damn sure that after he sees it, it will be his number two as well. He has not had the chance to. So uh, we said there were various concessions for various people throughout. And this was the one that I pushed and said, I see it as my number two, but also I am that sure, Mario, that whenever you get around to it, like at least watch episode one or two in the next couple of days since you're going to be off. Please, I beg of you, maybe next week, because we're not going to be broadcasting next week. Please. Number two is Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song. And it is another Studio Wit production, first off. So uh, the second entry on the list, and something that I realized, this is the second time that Studio Wit has taken silver because Studio Wit did Great Pretender. Oh, yeah. Huh. That's right. Yeah. I forgot that. Um, Yay, consistency! Woo! But, you know, (laughs) hold this side-by-side with Ranking of Kings, and you can't get more different. That this is a... It is a time travel anime to be held alongside um, Steins Gate. I'm going to go as far as to say that it serves to be held alongside Steins Gate. And it does it in 13 episodes. And it does it as an original. This is one, Mario, that I fully expect you're not going to skip this opening. You want to talk banger openings? Uh, my pleasure. The opening for Vivi Florida I song is incredible. The production values, incredible. The story is tight, cohesive, and it's just a roller coaster. If you like time travel thrillers, this is as good as it gets. It doesn't miss a beat. There is any time that it feels like things are going slow, it's for a reason. The musical sequences, the action sequences, it's all beautiful, but the writing at the end of the day is what elevates the show and makes it so good because in a time travel show, you need your writing to be good. Otherwise, your entire thing is going to fall apart very quickly. Vivi is just putting on a clinic. It is a just a really strong example of this genre this is something that if you have a friend or family member that's really into time travel stories and doesn't watch anime this is something that you can give to them like i said it's only 13 episodes it is a completed story so it's not a huge investment or anything uh it has the production values that i think that someone who isn't into anime can pick up and be good with and it has a incredibly solid dub cast an incredibly solid uh, japanese cast Vivi Fluoride Eye song for me was very comfortably number two. And I remain staunch in my opinion, Mario, that once you freaking get around to it, that you will understand why I have been pushing it on you for over half a year. So fun thing that just kind of clicked while we were going through this entry. So I I, I always try to find a theme throughout our game of the year and anime of the year lists. Had Tokyo Revengers made the top 10, you realize that our theme this year would have been 
quirky time travel animes <laughs> because <laughs> holy <laughs> hell <laughs> like we've got remake our life we've got vivi and we've got tokyo revengers and in most of those cases we probably would have name checked erased in some way shape or form which is like one of the best quirky time travel animes ever we just dropped steins gate which does a lot of timey-wimey nonsense as well so um yeah i think that's our theme for 2021 quirky quirky time travel animes <laughs> Like, I don't even want to call this one quirky. It it doesn't do anything that feels weird or offbeat in terms of the genre. It's just a masterclass in it. So, yeah. Uh, Mario, get around to freaking watching it. I'm going to keep bugging you. Just because this list is over, do not think that I will stop bugging you about it. I am going to get you to watch this damn show eventually it's gonna that happen. was not the transition i was waiting for <laughs> but and now number one our anime it's odd taxi it was always odd taxi it was going to be odd was, taxi from the beginning it wasn't even close it was never going to be anything other than than odd taxi like odd taxi was a revelation uh there there are very few animes that even remotely attempt what was done in odd taxi and that's with that's with you know more traditional presentational style you know humans <laughs> this one went next level and did so in a way that as as the name implies it was it was odd and you knew something was odd from the beginning and the payoff to all of it oh my god chef's kiss because at no point did you feel like you were getting shortchanged? At no point did it feel like this this show was a one-trick pony. This delivered on every single possible thing that it could offer, and then some. Uh, I, I had been screaming about you know the, the classic film Taxi Driver uh, because there was so much that reminded me of the way that that film was presented and no not just because oh they're they're both you know cabbies uh, her 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 no i mean in terms of the presentation like literally this is one of the few films i had to do like an actual paper on uh back back when i was in college so even though taxi driver was never one of my favorite films of all time and it's not something i normally would have gone out of my way to see like there's a reason it is considered a classic there is a lot that it has going for it and a lot of uh a lot of parallels that were clearly clearly being drawn both figuratively and literally into odd taxi like this is this is a truly cinematic series and it's one that i'm so glad they're getting some sort of a follow-up in some capacity i'll be honest i'm yeah i saw that announcement the other day um but however they tackle it i know it's going to be an appropriate coda to what we have been presented it is a must see uh even if you're not into you know like gritty gritty crime dramas or gritty mysteries or whatever there was so much else going on in this narrative that's amazing uh you yourself joel uh said that the 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 dialogue was very tarantino-esque yes and i very much thing. liken it to his style of writing that that's, just yeah that's another thing that really stands out in this show like it is a very dialogue heavy show but my it's god ripping dialogue yeah it it hooks you in from the get-go and you want to know more you want to see where the story progresses and 
uh, like for an original show that for all intents and purposes could have been buried. I'm glad that Crunchyroll put enough muscle behind it to give it the visibility it needs. And I'm hoping more people will see it once the dub drops, because this is a this is an absolute must see uh, while while our past uh, animes of the year had some sort of uh, happy and optimistic message, even when they got kind of dark. This is one that it's like, it, it's still kind of heavy all the way up to the end, but it is still just essential viewing, I feel. Uh, there are plenty of other, you know, must-see animes. There are plenty of other shows that, you know, came out over the course of the year that, yeah, you know, you can watch and enjoy them. You'll probably remember them a lot more uh, fondly because they're to your personal taste. But this, I, I feel, really needs to be one of those shows that needs to go on, like, the must-see list if you ever need a reason to show why anime is not just Japanese cartoons for nerds. This yeah. is art. This is goddamned art. So, uh, as we alluded to earlier, it was recently announced that there will be a film follow-up to Odd Taxi. I think it's called In the Woods. It was dangerously close to Into the Woods. Um, it's not clear what form this is going to take. The way that the series ends could very well end. I expected it to be the end. So it is not clear what the movie plans to do. And it's the type of thing that, similar to how we went into Code Geass, Lelouch of the Resurrection, if the movie stumbles, we'll just forget it exists and say we still have Odd Taxi and it's basically perfect as is. Uh, one thing that has me very excited is IGN did name Odd Taxi their anime of the year. I expect, I expect Odd Taxi and To Your Eternity and possibly Tokyo Revengers to be the front runners when it comes to the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. And I am, I would not be surprised if Odd Taxi did take top honors there as well. That I know a good number of well respected influencers in the community similarly hold the Odd Taxi very high. This is. A show that, like we said, Crunchyroll was pushing this at the Anime Awards in 2019. Sorry, no, 2020. The Anime Awards in 2020. So this was a anticipated show. And one thing that I realized only just before we went live today, actually, is that this is another OLM production, meaning that they took gold and bronze this year. Ba -ba -da -ba! Now, OLM is a long-standing studio which has done many a show but the one of the first shows they have done the show that they do to this day having started back in the late 90s is pokemon so yeah that happened uh obviously like i said they do much more than pokemon nowadays but uh that is this came to us from the studio that pokemon helped build that's yeah. a fun little fact for you but like I said, with the just sort of drop it on you, no anticipation announcement of the winner, it was always going to be Odd Taxi. Mario and I had a moment in probably October, mid-late October, when we first started to just sort of mumble of, all right, you know, we're about to start the last season and considering things. And we each... I don't remember if you said it first or I said it first, but we were about to say it at the same time that we yep. were like, right now it's Odd Taxi. Yep. And 
we just sort of knew then that it was Odd Taxi's race to lose, and it didn't. It just didn't. There were good things this season, for sure, but the whole time we were just sort of glancing of like, is this going to unseat Odd Taxi? And it became pretty clear within the first four or five weeks of the season that unless something just outrageous happened, this was our runaway. This was our this was the very first thing we wrote down on our order. It was odd taxi number one. Now let's hash out everything else. First to the party, last to leave. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is odd taxi in a nutshell that, in terms of our list. <laughs> the, uh, the, but yeah, the last is. big bullet points that I want to make on this show, like I said, it is Tarantino levels of script writing. It is it is a nuanced just weaving of narratives of so many people with so many walks of life, so many motivations in just a remarkably seamless fashion and above all in big bold letters, neon lights, arrows pointing at it, just sirens blaring, please, if you get nothing else, if you don't learn anything else today from this entire top 10 list, please know Odd Taxi is not a furry show. It is not anime Zootopia. Not even a little bit. <laughs> like, don't don't even try to sell people with any uh, allusions to either, because no. This isn't, this isn't Zootopia. No. <laughs> this, this is, is not, not Zootopia. We can't say more without spoiling this show. It is neither of these things. Oh, but what is it maybe like Beastars? No, it is not like Beastars. Down. It, no. Down. <laughs> no. Bad. <laughs> Beastars is great. But no, that is not <laughs> that is not this show. Like just uh, please just don't sell it on the animals. Just be like, look, the the people are animals. It all makes sense. Just just watch the show. <laughs> Just watch it. The story it. is what matters. The animals do not. Exactly. Exactly. So please, please. <laughs> uh... Watch Odd Taxi, folks. It. If I were to take our three number ones from our three lists this year, I think I put Odd Taxi above Carol and Tuesday and above Keep Your Hands Off Azekin. I would not dispute that in the slightest. And... You know, I I stand for Watanabe-san. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Carol and Tuesday, for many reasons, definitely resonates with me very personally. But again, from from a more objective, uh, you know, film film student perspective, Odd Taxi all the way. Like, yeah. holy hell, uh, this was, uh, this this is classic film, just turned into anime, and I am all about that. <laughs> so good. I hope that this becomes the generational show that it deserves to be known as. And and even if it doesn't, it's definitely a show that it, it will it's become going a cult be, classic minimum. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a touchstone. So even if it gets passed by over time, it's going to be one of those things where where scholars of this art form in the future will be able to look back and say, "Hey, this show, why?" Do you like classic films from America? Yes, I absolutely do. Fantastic. Get off your butt and watch these 12 episodes. No questions asked. But, but. I think it's, it's 13. Got the animals. 
it's got the animals. Is one of them one of them furry shows? No, just just shut up and watch this. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> so, Set yeah. aside a weekend and enjoy, or be an idiot like I was and just take a night and binge all the way through it because that is basically what happened. I started with episode. Well, I I had seen episodes one and two, dropped off until the season was over. And I was just going to watch one or two episodes. I finished the whole thing. I was up until like 4 a.m. I regret nothing because even even as I was lying in bed, I was just like still processing what I had seen. It was it was an experience. It was so good. <laughs> so good, y'all. <laughs> in case uh, you can't tell from us taking like 10 minutes, and obviously it's our number one. It deserves the rants that we've been giving it. But in case you can't tell, we like Odd Taxi. Go watch it. Uh, bonus shout out to, to Crunchyroll because one of the neat little things that they did for Anime NYC, I don't know if, because uh, I don't think they had a presence at uh, Anime Frontier, did they? Uh, Crunchyroll, uh, they had a panel. They did not have a booth. Okay. I don't know if they had enough of these left over to hand them out at the panel. If they did, oh my God. Uh, they, they made car air fresheners themed around Odd Taxi as oh my gosh. Anime NYC. I'm I, I so upset now. Uh, I we, want one, one of those. Oh yeah, no, we've, we've got the one that I, I took back from, from the show uh, hanging up uh, over by our anime cell shrine. <laughs> and oh my god. Like, big ups to Crunchyroll for really just leaning into this. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of love that they put into, you know, getting the word out uh, about uh, Odd Taxi. So I just had to sneak that in because it's just one of those things like like the 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 heaven's coins from panty and stocking uh like the the uh what was the currency in c control like it was a credit card yeah like the the credit card for that uh this is this is one of those things where it's just like you know they cared because (laughs) so Mm -hmm. just just a bit of an afterthought well that's gonna do it and we only actually went 15 minutes over i actually expected us to do a bit more but i think we've said all that needs to be said as we mentioned the actual video for all of this will be up probably sometime in mid-january but this is the list that you will see um you can look forward to that finished product it's going to be a very nice well put together about 10 minute videos so if it's something that you want to send to your friends who don't want to listen to two people just rambling on for an hour and 15 minutes it's a much more grokkable consumable type of medium there but it will be the same list so you can look forward to seeing and hearing things in a more visual medium at that time but this will be our top 10 and honorable mentions anime of the year 2021 go watch that taxi Go watch Odd Taxi. taxi. (laughs) Can't stress this enough. Uh, Also, also die for Comey. Please don't die for Comey. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I think we should uh, wrap this up because this is also our last episode uh, of 2021. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who has been with us, you know, for another year of this wonderful journey. Uh, We really appreciate you all coming on by, uh, not just for, you know, the live chats, but also uh, over in our Discord, which we have shared uh, a link to, you know, to to add your voice to the discussion when it comes to that topic and others. Um, And yeah, we'll be we'll be taking a week off uh, at the start of January. Because uh, basically most of D-Team is going to be down at MAGFest. So for those of you who are listening to this and it is still about to be MAGFest week, 
keep an eye out for most of D team. Uh, they are going to be down there. Uh, Joel included. <laughs> so, uh, keep, we'll, we'll be, uh, having a presence, uh, just, just for funsies over at MAGFest. So keep an eye out for, for all of your, uh, all of D pals, I guess you could say. Uh, so we're going to be taking the week off. Uh, everyone's going to be enjoying MAGFest and then we will return with our winter 2022 episode to kind of kick things back off. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, for those of you who are sticking around for some uh, some happy hour, we're going to be going dark uh, in just a few moments for that. And as a reminder, we are going to be doing a 12-hour marathon. New Year's D is coming back. We are going to be kicking that off at high noon. Uh, I'll, I'll be taking the first shift. Uh, I've got a nice little grab bag of things that I have promised in other streams and actually did not get around to. Uh, to, to kick us off. And of course, we're going to be doing two hours of happy hour. So if you happen to be around uh, between the hours of 2 p.m. and 4 p.m., feel free to swing on by. We'd love to have you be a part of the mayhem. Uh, so with that being said, I'm going to popcorn it back over to Joel. Let's take us home for the last show of 2021. Yeah. And since we aren't going to be broadcasting next week, you know what you can do with that time. Watch Odd Taxi. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Image Anime. You can visit them at imageanime.com. And for the next, as I check, uh, seven hours, a bit under seven hours, you can use the code DISCOUNT20, that is D-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-2-0, for 20% off all in-stock items. Uh, we'd like to thank them for sponsoring things throughout the year. Uh, stay tuned for information and updates regarding things for 2022. But uh, we would like to thank them. Image Anime, you can visit them. Uh, no, wait, they don't have the pop-up shop, but yes, imageanime.com. Love those folks over there. Oh, yeah, you no, can... no, pop, pop-up shop is still going to be running oh, over is? at Waypoint Cafe at 65 okay. Ludlow Street here in New York City, New York. That is, once again, 65 Ludlow Street, Waypoint Cafe, which is also the home of our eSports and gaming podcast, which is also taking a break next week because Gino, the owner of the of the Waypoint Cafe, who is the on-site producer and co-host, along with our wonderful editor-in-chief, Ken Cardez, uh, he's going to be down at MAGFest, too. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, everyone's going to be at MAGFest, y'all. <laughs> As for D-Merch, you can go to digitalairentertainment.streamelements.com and get all of our wonderful mugs, mats, shirts, what have you. So that is all available there. That's available all the time, so do check it out. You can like, comment, subscribe, follow all that jazz on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. I'm probably forgetting one somewhere in there, but, you know, the social medias. Follow us and you can hear about all of our wonderful nerdy content as it happens, when it happens. You can also join the Discord to join in the discussion. Uh, that's definitely been the biggest growth, I think, this year and just the biggest activity, uh, having those conversations going on about random things, different posts coming in and out throughout the day. So... Do check that out as well. I think that just about does it. Oh, yes, of course, you can also see the trailer for our upcoming wrestling dating sim, Kokorono Pro. That's going to be on our YouTube channel, headed up by RJ and Mario. Now I think I have all the things. Mario, correct me if I have left anything out. Nope, we're good. We're good. Cool. Well, stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci ouchy. Wear a mask, go watch Odd Taxi, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Mm -hmm.